the best immigration policy is the healthy climate policy. Folks don't just uproot, leave their religion, their native tongue, the places where their grandparents are buried because they want to take your shit. You know, it's, it's because things are so bad that they can't grow food anymore. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Wednesday, April 26th. Today, Baratunde Thurston joins me to cut through the doom and gloom of the conversation around climate change. It's not all bad news out there, and Baratunde tells me about a few bright spots he sees on the horizon when it comes to maybe, maybe slowing the pace of our changing climate. We'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You're probably sick of hearing Tucker Carlson's name by now. So I'm joined today by Baratunde Thurston to talk about something quite different, but also much more important, which is the climate. I'm basically the anti-Tucker Carlson. <laughs> you really are, man. Jesus Christ, that's a good point. You're the exact opposite. If you, yeah, if you overdosed on Fox News content yesterday, please come hang out with podcast. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were going back and forth in the Slack with Ben Landy about what to talk about today. Um, and a few ideas were thrown out. <laughs> and you had one line here. I'm working on a piece for this Sunday about climate, signs of possibility amidst all the chaos and melting ice and such. That's it. I have no hook <laughs> other than that. But the reason I want to talk to you about this is I got kind of mad the other day because I was looking at TikTok and there was a young leftist using a meme, basically dismissing Democrats in Washington for supposedly in this TikTok's telling getting to Washington, having the White House, the Senate and Congress for two years and not doing anything about climate. Ha 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 ha. Those stupid, boring, lame Democrats. And it made me angry because like not to mm. do rapid response for the White House, but the, the last two years, the Democrats passed two of the biggest investments in green energy and in fighting climate change in American history. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, you know, waved off. Maybe this is a symptom of the left wants to think Biden is lame. Maybe it's TikTok's tolerance for shady information. But it made me kind of mad because like Good. not all the news around climate these days is bad. Yeah. And I'm curious what your take on that is. I like your take on that. I agree with that. Not all things are bad. Things are bad, but not all things are bad. <laughs> and, and I think it's important to try to hold both. I'm not here to gaslight anybody. Uh, I'm not here to like be naive or pretend we're in a great place. You know, we're we're in a dire place. What all the carbon we've emitted, if we stopped this second, would still lead to record-setting flows of ice and rise of sea levels and tumultuous weather patterns and death and destruction for humans, animals, and plants alike. So some of that stuff is baked in, no pun intended. However, 
is a good college friend of mine, uh, Danielle Giles, one of the greatest climate people I know. He works for a, a really revolutionary battery company huh. uh, called called Sila S I L A, and they've increased capacity storage. It's going to help change the game. There's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are coming into place. But his refrain has always been: every partial degree of warming we avoid is millions of lives saved. Mm-hmm. And, and so you could look at this at the half empty, right? And be like, we're doomed. It's all, it all sucks. Or you could be like, there's still water in the glass. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. keep it as clean as possible. Let's make sure as many people can drink from that water as possible. And so in that spirit, I am finding and choosing consciously to focus my attention, not on what the Democrats haven't done. Uh, also, there's like a whole system of checks and balances. There's courts involved. There's Mitch McConnell. Like there's reasons. It's not just lack of will or ineptitude. Mm-hmm. But even outside of that, there's there's companies doing things, there's regions doing things. And that that Inflation Reduction Act is starting to have an effect. So big windup. What do I actually mean? So one system, one kind of company, small interest on my part. I'm a very, very teeny tiny investor in this company. So disclosure mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. called Future. They're at future.green. They're, they're a debit card, probably becoming a credit card. They, they offer payment cards with rewards, mm-hmm. but the rewards are for lowering your spending in terms of carbon budget, not dollar budget. So mm-hmm. we often get rewarded for miles and points and dollar spend. In this case, you get rewarded for carbon avoided. And mm-hmm. they t- ingest your utility bills. They, you know, you tell them what kind of car you drive. They know the performance and they incentivize buying your electronics from places like back market and other used goods. So they're like, look, consumption overall is not going to stop, but we can reduce the negative impact of it by reducing consumption overall or by choosing alternatives in terms of the mode and just create economic incentives to do the thing we want people to do. It's like Mm -hmm. tax incentives, right? Mm -hmm. It works on big business. It works on little businesses that are us. So they're doing that. And on top of that, they built an iteration of on top of chat GPT called green GPT. When you and I were talking, Peter, I, sh- I shared some of my thrill and excitement, also fear, uh, mm-hmm. last about what these models can do. I had unleashed it on my healthcare plan to understand like what benefits I might be able to afford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've built a green GPT to help each of us figure out the best incentives for gray water, for solar reduction, for alternative energy sources for our homes. And you just point the machine right at the thing. And it was able to line up city, county, and state level money and found me $6,500 I didn't know was available hmm. for this home renovation project I'm going to be working on. That's, That's a lot of money. Like, <laughs> that is a lot of money. That's a meaningful <laughs> amount of money that I could spend on, on TikTok ads, you know? So <laughs> th- there's the idea of, you know, using conscious consumption isn't new. The idea of creating a market around the collective carbon use of all this individual consumption that creates the economy we're supposed to be changing and decarbonizing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And they're mm-hmm. not no one alone is going to do it. I'm not saying they're going to save the earth, but models like this are going to put us much more in the right path. And that TikToker is right to be frustrated with mm-hmm. Washington. There's a lot of people there slowing things down, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we have to not do anything at all. And so when I see companies innovate like that, I'm like, I want to support that. I want to tell that story. I want more people to know about it. And I want big structural change. Like all of it needs to happen. But if we don't change, none of this is going to change. So they're making it possible for me to keep consuming bullshit, but in a way that is less destructive to the planet. So I can be a good American 
and, and a good earthling at the same time. Sometimes those feel in opposition. Yeah, it's so easy to post doom and gloom. Like it's too just easy. too easy. Too easy. It's it's lazy. Yeah. And it's it doesn't do anyone any good. Um just, you know, this is more of a political note than a yeah. than a green one, but I think around a hundred thousand green jobs have been added, most of them actually in, in red and purple states since the Inflation Reduction Act passed. Uh, a lot of those are that's solar, great. wind, yeah. EV South manufacturing. South Carolina is competing for this stuff now. I was in Arkansas. I've been around a lot of the South. I saw that. And I was I was speaking with, I was on a gun range, all right? I'm shooting this like clay sport shooting. It's a scene for America Outdoors. Mm -hmm. I'm having more fun than I expected to. And I'm talking to these folks who are like born and raised in Arkansas about this other company, Reseed. They help compensate farmers for the value of the carbon they sequester naturally through regenerative agriculture. And this multi-generational Arkansan white person who's definitely conservative is like, yeah, we're actually looking into the carbon credits for our land here. They have like 50, 60 acres and they've been taking measures to like prevent runoff and maximize, but they're willing to do more of it because they can get paid. Hmm. And I was just, my mind was blown. I'd never spoken directly to a conservative Southern landowner about regenerative <laughs> agricultural, yeah. you know, carbon credits before. And all I hear is rhetoric about how we can't get a carbon tax. And this is, you know, you hear the Tucker Carlson version of reality and it's very mm -hmm. warped. But here's someone literally on the ground, <laughs> like we're standing, you know, with the earplugs and the protective glasses and the shooting vest and all. And she's like, yeah, my dad and so-and-so, and we're really thinking about getting our business even more involved in that. And I was like, this, I want to hear more stories like this. This is a, this is amazing. We still don't agree on like gun regulation policy, I'm sure, mm -hmm. but we both love trees, you know, and like hunters need a natural ecosystem to shoot at animals in. <laughs> like it's just, there's, there's some natural alignments there that are part of the story that I think are, um. Well, we just don't hear as much about them. They're they're less clickable, maybe. Maybe they even are less common. But when we talk about them, I hope we help make them more common. Yeah, it's funny. There's got to be at some point an overlap between the the MO of every Republican governor since I've been sentient has been, <laughs> we need businesses to come to our state and we will give you tax breaks and tax credits to come here. South Carolina, as you mentioned, is a great example of that. Yeah. They brought Boeing and Michelin. I mean- at some point, these green energy incentives have to be part of that conversation. And I just, uh, it, it is interesting, the Tucker Carlson version of reality versus the the reality of actually governing one of these states and wanting to sustain businesses. And by the way, also not wanting people to leave. Yeah, I don't know what part of Arkansas you were in, but my brother was in the Mississippi Delta for yeah. a long time teaching. And if you look at any sort of, progression map of like what would happen if the u.s like floods the delta like mm -hmm. along the mississippi river including parts of arkansas would be underwater and by the way like eons ago they were underwater and it would revert yeah. back to that in a warming situation and climate migration is going to be a big deal and so like whether you own a farm or you are a governor or a mayor or just like a homeowner in any of these places you want to figure out how to stay in your home and not have to run away from fires and floods. And reality has to come up against the yeah. politics at some point. And there's, you know, a lot of the influx of migrants that 
these same governors and leaders love to vilify and fear, the best immigration policy is a healthy climate policy, right? You know, folks don't just uproot, leave their religion, their native tongue, the mm -hmm. places where their grandparents are buried because they want to take your shit, right? Like <laughs> it's really not, you know, it's, it's because things are so bad that they can't grow food anymore. You know, huh. people are fighting over depleting water supplies. And so we can, you know, the best investment we can make collectively is to like stabilize this climate. So folks aren't running across all kinds of human-made borders. That would, that would help mm -hmm. a ton. All right, man, I'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the powers that be. We're talking climate. Bertrand, you mentioned this company that you're an investor in. What's it called again? Future. Future. It's uh, the web. It's future .green is the site because that's a very generic name. I know. Gotcha. Future .green yeah. is a good URL. Yeah. I have a friend. My close friend Shamik Dutta used to be in the Obama White House. Now he runs a venture fund called Overture uh, that he co-founded, and they invest in climate friendly startups like basically mm. there is a sector of our economy that's taking the the vc model and raising and investing money into startups that are doing things like you know building electric vehicles and carbon capture like robotics clean energy etc 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 and it's like even the the mitt romney types <laughs> are getting in on this game because one you know, it can be monetized, but two, hopefully, you know, you're helping fix the planet in a, in, in a yeah. way too. That, again, that's not the same kind of thing as future is, but I just find it interesting. This is coming up in my life. And also like I, my fiance, Katie did her MBA and a lot of her MBA friends are interested in climate yeah. investment as a career. And that's pretty cool. It's, it, it's inevitable. The question is how long will we take to kind of accept that ground truth? Uh, my wife is advising another company, Reseed. This is the one that compensates farmers for the value of their carbon. Some mm -hmm. of the, the best carbon capture and sequestration technology available to us are, are plants. You know, they figured this out over millions of years, perfected the act. And so farmers working with plants can help us out a lot. But what you describe with the money, I saw years ago a talk with Al Gore. Uh, and this, in this talk, he wasn't screaming with a slideshow. It was a nice shift of of energy, but he was he was talking with someone from TPG, one of one of Puck's investors, hmm. and just about stranded assets. Uh, the idea that if you double down on fossil fuels today, that's not just bad ecologics, you know, it's bad economics, hmm. and you're going to have to write down those investments when we put a price tag on carbon, and eventually we will you know, globally, we'll end up at that place. When we recognize the cost of all these services, it won't make sense. We'll want to leave that oil in the ground. So better to get ahead of it now. And, and the big investment companies, the Blackstones, like they're all, they've all figured this out. It, it's it's in their writings. You know, I was reading Jamie Dimon's letter to shareholders. Like even he's mm -hmm. talking like this. this also, mm -hmm. I don't normally read Jamie Dimon's letters, but like that's how far <laughs> this conversation has traveled. And so the, the last piece of evidence or example that I'm excited about with the climate thing is uh, you're going to be like annoyed. It's an app, Peter. It's a freaking app. It's called, it's called Regroup, R-E-G-R-O-O-P. 
I have no financial stake in this thing. There's no way to have a financial stake in it. But what they've done is they've created a daily climate action app. It kind of has be real vibes. Hmm. And every day, you know, you log into the app, you choose a mission, you choose an assignment um, or campaign. In this hmm. case, I've chosen an East Africa oil pipeline that would run through Tanzania, Uganda, funded heavily by the French energy giant Total. And hmm. these kids, it's it's not a change.org petition. Mm-hmm. It's like you take the social media mechanics of like all your friends are doing something and, and it shows you who's done what today from your friend group if you allow that. You take strategic communications, you take climate science, and you take political savvy and you package it all in one thing. So the actions that they develop for me to do every day are informed by these activists in Tanzania and Uganda on the ground, what they say they need. Plus, like artists and activists in London and Paris and other nations where banks and insurance companies operate. And these protesters, these kids, we sometimes see these kids and judge them. Oh, they're just making noise. They're banging drums in the street. These kids will go to protest Lloyd's of London um, because they know if, if a pipeline can't get insured, it can't get built. So already they have like a power understanding. It's very puck of them. You know, the powers that be. <laughs> like, oh, no insurance, no financing, no financing, no pipeline. So banks and insurance companies are at the center of this. And they don't just rant against these employees. They take them out to lunch. They talk to them. They share data. They answer questions. And they get freaking intelligence. Not like, you know, something illegal, but just something that lets us on the outside understand, oh, this is how many messages from existing bank customers it takes to raise a red flag about a bank investment policy. Is it 500? Is it 2,500? It may depend on the bank. Okay, cool. These are the key decision makers who aren't publicly on the website, who actually have a huge say in how this thing gets negotiated. Mm-hmm. These are the key words that like kind of make us pay more attention. Cool, cool, cool. And then they take that intel, bring it back to the outside to me with my little app who's feeling climate anxious AF. And it's like, I want to do something. And I know yelling on Twitter won't help because even when it might have helped, it won't help now with Elon. So it channels my rage and my energy most productively. And it helps coordinate what seem like tiny actions in this kind of daily drumbeat with a whole bunch of other people doing the same. And then at the end of the week, they tell you, Here's all the cool shit we did. We got a meeting with the CEO, so-and-so back down. We've increased the number of insurers declining this project from 23 to 26 and X, Y, Z. This is what else we need. And so I just get a sense of like belonging and camaraderie in a way that lectures about climate doom do not work. And headlines about melting ice caps, they raise an alarm without giving me anything to do with that alarm sound. So- Hmm. It's like it's as psychological for me as it is uh, impactful, and I've I feel like I've been waiting for something like this. Again, this one app's not going to change the whole thing, but they've got a theory of change and a level of strategic operations that's just way more sophisticated than someone knocking on my door asking me to sign a piece of paper that I don't know if anybody cares, you know, mm-hmm. when they read it. Yeah, that's that's a great way to cinch this up because I mean, in the beginning of this conversation, my lament was people posting and calling it a day and the real world activity of politics and persuasion is just that it's like meeting people in real life, having conversations, soliciting information 
having a conversation. It makes us <laughs> vilify each other less and hopefully yeah. move the needle in a certain direction. I mean, Snapchat, where I, I work, had a slogan as part of our voter registration effort in 2020. And it was like, vote, don't post. You know, not that it's bad to post, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of people, and this is, this is true of all generations. A lot of people think now that like, Posting and yelling on the internet is what politics is, and yeah, and a, and a lot of politicians think the internet is what their constituency is, right? They perform yeah. offline as if they were online personalities. Yeah, literally, Marjorie Taylor Greene says that when she's asked about her. I think she said it on sixty Minutes when she was interviewed yeah. by Leslie Stahl. They were like, she she just said, "Well, people like my what I say because I look at my mentions and people like it." It's <laughs> like you genuinely believe that? Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, I can't wait to read your piece. It's nice to have a positive conversation about this stuff. You're always so insightful. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks for uh, helping me think out loud about it. I, I need this for myself uh, as well. So thanks for the space. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Peter Hamby. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Chris Corcoran, chief content officer and founding partner of Cadence 13, and produced by Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck. Puck.